come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Fantastic Cruising. Hope everybody's doing good out there listening Whenever you're listening, wherever you're listening, hope you're doing well. Hello. I'm here, too. <laughs> well, they can't see you, so you have to talk for them to know that you're here. Otherwise, you may be here, may not be here. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Fantastic Cruising. No, like, Kimbra you, here. You can't say that. That's my line. Oh. Well, hi, everyone. How are you doing today? Me? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. We went to some dive shops today. That was a lot of fun. It was my first time in a dive shop. Yes. And if you've never been in a dive shop before, there is a smell, a scent, an aroma of the dive shop, and it is magical. I'm going to turn it into an air freshener for you. (laughs) It's actually kind of the smell of neoprene and silicone, I think. But, you know, to me, it just reminds me of scuba diving. Every dive shop I've been into since I was 15 years old has had that smell to some level or another. And so whenever I get that scent, it just brings back memory. I think, you know, smells are a thing that connects us to memories, right? Do you ever get a smell and then all of a sudden you remember something that smell like triggers it? You're getting deep right here, man. (laughs) Well, if you're deep, you probably wouldn't smell anything because underwater. I mean, yes, I do. I do smell smells and think of things. (laughs) Uh, so we were at the dive shop shopping for you, not for me. Yep. That was kind of a bummer. I didn't think so. But I did look at some stuff, but but I didn't buy anything. But you did. What did you buy? I got a wetsuit. Yes, you did get a wetsuit. And it's very similar to my wetsuit, actually. Almost the same thing. Just that your wetsuit is a little bit thicker. Yeah, because I'm colder. You're colder? I get colder. You're cold. No, your your wetsuit is three millimeters, uh-huh. and mine is well. I have multiple wetsuits, but the one that's like yours is a half mil, half yeah. millimeter, and that's just because certain people get colder easier. And uh, you know, I mean, it was actually hard to find a half millimeter wetsuit, and that was a full wetsuit. I had I had a hard time finding it, but I wanted something that I could wear if I ever wanted to in the Caribbean, but also would probably be good enough for me for the springs around Florida. And you um, get cold a little bit easier than me. Yeah. So you got three mil, which is which is good. I mean, three mil is not too much, so you're not going to overheat in it, but it should keep you nice and toasty, even when we're in that 72 degree spring water here in Florida. I'm excited to try it out. We're going to try it out tomorrow, which I, for people listening, maybe today, if you're listening to it when this podcast comes out, or it may be in the past... If you're listening to this podcast after the day it comes out. Either way, Kimbra will be wearing that wetsuit in some water. <laughs> we actually went and scoped out the spring today because I've never been there. It's it's fairly close to where we live. It's only like 20 minutes away from yeah, where we live. pretty close. Which is nice because most of the springs in Florida are a couple hours away. Yeah. So this one's close. The reason that I've never been there is because in the summertime, 
it just fills up like a public swimming pool and that just doesn't really appeal to me. But it was cold today. It was like in the 50s at part of today. 60-ish, but it, yeah. It, it, was, it was 55 when we were coming home. Oh, was it? Yeah, it got down to 55 degrees. Yeah, when we were there, it was in the 60s. Yeah. But, but still. It's still cold. Yeah, most people well, are not swimming in the 60s. Cold for Florida. Cold for Florida. There were actually three teenagers swimming in the spring today. Yeah, I thought they were crazy. They just had, like, shorts on. Yeah, probably swim trunks, not shorts. Well, but anyway, yeah, they were they were in the spring. But the cool thing is, and the reason that I do want to go swim in the spring is that there weren't many people, hardly any people, but there were a whole bunch of fish. Yeah, a lot of fish. There were, what, the placos. Yeah, placostomus. If you have a fish aquarium at home, you might have one of these fish. They're often referred to as algae eaters, but more technical, I guess you'd say. They're called placostomus. Sometimes they're called armored catfish. And they live in Florida, not originally, but they're here now. <laughs> and there and there were a lot of them in the spring. I think what happened is I think it's they're from South America. I believe they're South American. They're definitely from a warmer environment. And so they've been introduced into Florida. And they, they do well in here most of the time, but they can't handle those cold temperatures. So the water temperature started to drop. And I think they all boogied into the spring because there were, I mean, there were a lot. There were so many of them. And these are not the placostomus you have in your fish aquarium that's like, two inches long this is like 12 inch long fish like they're big bulky fish we also saw a mullet in there and, and one tilapia there yeah the mullets were like party in the front business no business in the front party in the back yeah that's the mullet right uh -huh. the fish were just all business i think <laughs> and yes tilapia which are also invasive the mullets are not invasive they're just the haircuts kind of offensive but <laughs> but the fish is not invasive um, yeah, so they were there, and I think we maybe saw some bluegill, but they, it was hard to tell. They weren't as uh, prevalent out there. It looked like it was about eight feet deep. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go check it out tomorrow. There yeah. may there may even be a video that that comes out at some point. Ooh. So keep your eyes out for that. And uh, you know, if you're watching in the if you're if you're watching if you're listening in the future, then that video may, if it actually got made, already be out. And if you're listening in the present which is still technically the future, then it's not out yet, but it probably will be coming out soon. That's a lot of time travel. It is. We need a TARDIS or something. <laughs> well, this week's episode is all about what? It's going to be about Grand Cayman. And Grand Cayman is our topic because we're going to be going there sooner rather than later. Yeah, like 96 days, I think. Yeah, when this comes out, probably 94. Five maybe. I don't know. I didn't actually look at the countdown, it's but the other 100. day, yeah, the other day it was ninety nine, and now it's less than that. Which is good. That means we're out of triple digits, woohoo! Into double digits, and well on our way to going out on the brilliance of the seas from Royal Caribbean down to Cozumel and Grand Cayman. If you are listening to this and you didn't already check out our episode a few episodes ago about Cozumel, if you're interested in that port, yeah. I think we covered Cozumel before we even had this booked. I think we did. I think we did. But Cozumel is a really common port, and we've both been there quite a bit. Yeah. And we've both been to Grand Cayman several times. How many times have you been to Grand Cayman? I've been there three times. And I have been there three times as well, and never the same time. So that's kind of 
Cool. Let's change that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we do change that. Otherwise, something's gone terribly awry. Anyway, let's talk about what we've done in Grand Cayman first, and then we can look at some of the things that are other options and, and things like that. Cool. Sounds good. What What was your favorite thing that you've done there so far? Well, I will say, even though I've been there three times, I've only done two different things. And technically, I've only done one thing, in a sense, because I've gone diving every time I've gone to Grand Cayman. It's just where I've gone diving that's changed, and that didn't change the first two times. Look, I, this is getting really complicated. Let me let me just lay it down for you. I've been to Grand Cayman three times. I've done a shore dive from the same exact place, from the same exact people twice, and then I did a shore dive from a different company at a different place that's actually pretty close to the other place the last time I went. So I've done a lot of scuba diving there. And there's a lot more scuba diving to do in Grand Cayman, but that's what I've done. The The place I dove first, the first two times, was a place called Don Foster's. And if you book them, if you book a scuba diving excursion through the cruise line, at least through Carnival, and I think probably through Royal Caribbean, maybe through other cruise lines, there's a good chance you're going to get Don Foster's. They seem to be one that the cruise lines work with. They're really close to the cruise port. They have a lot of different options for snorkels and dives. And uh, some are from boats, some are from shore. Just the timing depends on when your cruise is there. And I've I've dove with them twice. I've had really good experiences on both dives. So if, if you're looking for a good shore dive, I definitely can recommend Don Foster's. However, the last time I was there, I went to a place called Eden Rock, which is um, also a dive site called Devil's Grotto. And it was phenomenal. Like, I really, really liked Don Foster's where we dove. I really loved diving at Eden Rock. And the cool thing is, it was my buddy Mark and I that went there. And what happened was we had booked this cruise excursion, not through the cruise line. We booked it directly through Eden Rock. We got to the dive center they had no idea that we had booked. Mark had the emails and stuff saved. The I guess their their boss had booked it, and he doesn't always communicate really well. But that was okay, because we got there like a couple hours earlier than our dive was supposed to be, thinking we'd just get in the water and snorkel. And they were like, do you guys want to go now? And we are like, yeah, we want to go now. So we actually went diving right away, and we finished up way early. And it was 70 bucks for a single dive, and we found out, if we would have known how much time we were going to have, $110, so 40 more bucks, and you get a two-tank dive. And there were only three people on the dive, and that was Mark, myself, and their dive master, or probably a dive instructor, I don't know. But anyway, it was really cool, and we're actually thinking about doing this, not diving, because Kimbra's not scuba certified yet. Yet. <laughs> but... Um, we are thinking about just going down there because you can literally rent a locker from this place and then just go snorkeling right there for nothing. Basically, you could just get in the water and go. And it is so close to the port that you can see the ship like really easily. I mean, it's probably at best a five minute walk from the port, depending on exactly where your ship ports. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, five, maybe 10 minutes if you're at the further port down. Really close, really convenient, really cool. I can't wait. It'll be fun. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Now, what have you done when you've gone to Grand Cayman? 
So I've done three different things. Um, Drink, drink, and drink. No, that's all the same thing. I mean, I do those things as well, but that's not what I've done (laughs) specifically in Grand Cayman. Um, You're making me sound like I was going to say, should should I do a little uh, public service announcement? Kimber's really not that much of a drunk. Um, She's not. She drinks when she's on cruises and she enjoys herself, but she's not like a... It's not, a, it's not a problem or anything, so <laughs> just to be clear. All right, go ahead. But sorry. I do have fun. Yeah. Um, so the first time I went, um, since it was my first time in Grand Cayman, we wanted to do um, something to kind of see everything. So we did, like, the excursion that was, like, land um, and then the turtle farm and the Stingray City. So they stopped at Seven Mile Beach for a second so we could see it. Um, 6.3 Mile Beach whatever um went by some old buildings or something we stopped in hell wait a minute you went by some old buildings or something yeah i'm sure they talked about them but i was like it's not really something i'm super history buff (laughs) tony you and i gotta go to grand cayman so we can tony dials likes history anyway all right so so you did seven mile beach which is actually 6.3 miles well when I say we stopped at it, we literally stopped at it. I put my feet in the water. I wrote my name in the stand, and we got back in the van. Oh, so it was short. Yeah, it wasn't like we we didn't spend time there. Okay. Yeah. So it was like six seconds at Seven Mile Beach. Six seconds at 6.3 mile. 6.3 mile beach, yeah. yeah. Um, we stopped at Hell, which is fine. Good for a photo op if you've never been. Um, it's I, I feel like Hell is more about like going there because it's this place called hell yeah and it's it's not actually that exciting of a place to go we're talking about the one in grand cayman not the one that's apparently in the middle of the earth or wherever that's supposed to be but anyway yeah it's 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 basically some old coral formations that look really wicked and interesting and yeah i mean if it was like you can see those in other places on grand cayman too by the way like you, you walk by a place that has that sort of same sort of formation on your way to Eden Rock. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was fine. Um, and then we went to the turtle farm, which wasn't my favorite place, but I'd be willing to go back again and check it out. Now, let me just say that turtle farm, which is actually called the Grand Cayman Turtle Center, I think is the mm-hmm. is the name of it. And it so it is controversial because it is a real live actual farm which means that you know they raise cows and chickens to be eaten they raise sea turtles to be eaten and they do things with the shells um it's controversial because they're sea turtles and people are not necessarily okay with that i can tell you from a conservation perspective that what they do there is um more positive than negative they are helping a species called the kemp's ridley sea turtle which they're not consuming or anything by raising money, by breeding and farming green sea turtles. And they've actually had some green sea turtles released too. I'm just saying it's not a terrible place, but for us, we think of sea turtles. A lot of us think of sea turtles in a different light. And even though we're eating pigs and chickens and cows, it's like, why you can't do that to a sea turtle. Now they are endangered species, so it needs to be done in a sustainable, responsible way. But I think for the most part, they are doing that. So yeah. But but keep that in mind when you go there if you if you decide to go. Yeah, I think that's that's the reason I would be willing to go back. The reason I didn't 
like it a whole lot was because of the way that our tour guide presented the place to us. Um, and I had a really hard time being okay with that. But knowing kind of what they're actually doing conservation-wise makes me want to go back and look at it in a different way. Yeah, they need to know their audience. Because uh, your tour guide, you said he was like, he looked at you and he was like, wouldn't you like a beautiful necklace made out of this turtle shell? And you were like, no. Yeah, <laughs> no. no I, I was like, I would I would not like a necklace made out of that shell. I would like that shell to be on that turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so just bear that in mind and, and, you know, try and keep in mind different cultures and stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't know. They need, to, they need to know their audience. I'm sure that most Americans are probably not hopefully wanting when they see the sea turtles they're not looking at them thinking of them as jewelry and food they're thinking of them as really cool animals that probably need some protection hopefully yeah yeah um and then the end of that excursion we of course went to stingray city which was kind of the highlight of the whole thing yeah, it was city. it was super cool um which how's is, the traffic in stingray city is it a big metropolitan area lots of stingrays rush hour um, it depends on time of day. Okay. All right. Um, and if the restaurants are open or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was the highlight of that excursion, which is why the next time we went back, we actually did just a Stingray City excursion. Um, and we did, it was a Stingray City and then like a, a reef snorkel. And it was cool. I The reef snorkel was kind of, the water was real choppy and there were a bunch of people and people kicking me in the face. So that wasn't great, right. but the stingray part was cool. So how many people would you say were on your stingray excursion when you did that? 30, 40. Okay. 30 or 40 people. So when like Charlie and Bev, who are going to be cruising with us, hopefully in October of 2020, they introduced me and I haven't been to stingray city, but they introduced me and they've gone several times with this company called Captain Marvin. So sometimes we talk about booking excursions outside of the cruise line. So just for example, if you go through Captain Marvin's, you can do a like a two and a half, two and three quarter hour tour that's about $40 per person. It's going to go to Stingray City. And then it's going to go to a place to snorkel. And then I think it drops you off like it's seven mile beach for a bit or something like that. And they they have a maximum typically of like 24, 25 people. So it's going to be less people and it's less money. For example, how much does it cost to do the Stingray City and Barrier Reef snorkel from Royal Caribbean right now? It looks like it's sixty two ninety nine, and that's saying it's like twenty five percent off. That's the adult price, so forty seven ninety nine for children is what they're showing right now. So that's a lot more because for Captain Marvin, for that a very similar experience, it's like forty bucks for adults, thirty dollars for children, and they're not going to pile thirty forty people onto this boat. It's going to be like twenty four twenty five probably max, most likely less than that. From what I've heard. From people who have used Captain Marvin's, it's probably less than that, actually. Yeah. So if you're looking to do Stingray City, I would highly recommend Captain Marvin's, or I'm sure there's other places out there where you could go. This may be a good place to avoid doing the excursion through the cruise line because Grand Cayman's not a huge place. Just keep in mind, whenever you book outside the cruise line, 
you want to be sure that you have lots of time to get back to the ship. And keep in mind that Grand Cayman is actually a port of call that you have to tender to. Water taxi. That's only off your own carnival. You have to you have to get on a small boat. If this is what this means, if you're not familiar, it means that the ship actually doesn't dock at a at a physical structure. It's just anchors and you get on a smaller vessel, an actual boat, and you go over to the island, which is Grand Cayman. There are actually three islands in the Caymans. There's Cayman Brock, Little Cayman, and then Grand Cayman, which is the name would sound like it's the biggest one right it's the grand it's the grandest of the caimans indeed it is and in fact it's the one that has the highest population the other ones well we were at the dive shop today actually picking the guy's brain and he's been to cayman brock and little cayman several times he said i think he said about eight times yeah he said quite a few times but he was talking about how great the diving is on those smaller islands yeah which unfortunately you're probably not gonna have time to do that if you are going on a cruise but if you are into diving maybe that's something to consider doing that as like an actual full vacation or something yeah i would yeah well if i could dive which you're going to be able to at some point we'll see (laughs) Now, that was two of your visits. What did you do on the third visit? So the third visit, we actually just went to Seven Mile Beach. And we did that because we didn't, after the first time we went, we were like, this is awesome. We really want to go to Seven Mile Beach, which was kind of our plan the second time we went. We were planning to do that shorter Stingray City excursion and then spend time at Seven Mile Beach. But that kind of blew up on us when... The water was too, like, choppy, so we couldn't dock at the normal, or dock, whatever sort of dock, at the normal spot. Um, So we were actually further away, which pushed everything further back. So we didn't have time to do Seven Mile. So the third time we went, we went to Seven Mile Beach. Okay, and that's something to consider if you're going to Grand Cayman. It is one of those ports that sometimes has to get canceled or things have to be changed because it is a tender port. And so if the water's not treating you tenderly, you got to change your port plans. Yeah. So Seven Mile Beach was really cool. Um, we took a taxi down to one of their recommended recommended spots. Um, and we just kind of sat for a little bit. We got up and walked down, sat for a little bit, got in the water, snorkeled a little bit, sat down. So we kind of walked along a big chunk of the beach Mostly because we couldn't figure out how to get off of the beach um, (laughs) to get a taxi back to the port. So we walked almost all the way down Seven Mile Beach. 6.3 miles. Well, we weren't all the way at the end. (laughs) But it felt like it. 5.8 miles. Whatever it was. That is something to think about because a lot of the places on Seven Mile Beach are like private resorts. Yeah. So you kind of get pinned in a little bit and it's hard to get back to the street to get that cab. So maybe a good recommendation would be if you're going to go to Seven Mile Beach, figure out where you want to be. Make sure that's a spot that you want to stay or that you can get back to so that you have access to the road and the taxi to get back to the ship. Yeah, um, definitely recommend doing that. I mean, what we did was nice, but it got to the point where we were like, we just want to be off of the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And there are some places you can go and rent like, different things cabanas or there's probably some all-inclusive packages and 
things like that. So so look into that. I'm not going to cover all of those because there's probably a ton because it's, I mean, it's almost seven miles long. That's right. I'm sure there's lots of stuff. The one we stopped at, they were renting out chairs and stuff, but that's not really what we wanted to do. So we didn't do that. Maybe we should have. <laughs> I know there's also some places you can snorkel that are really good snorkeling along Seven Mile Beach. And those spots happen to be places that don't have any beach chairs or restrooms or food. So they're they're good snorkeling, but they're not good for amenities. So if you're looking for the snorkeling experience and you want to get away from the port area, you can find a couple spots on Seven Mile Beach, but you're going to be sacrificing amenities for the snorkeling. Now, we posed the question to the Fantastic Cruising community on Facebook. We asked, what have you done or what would you like to do in Grand Cayman? And we got a lot of responses. And not really surprising, The most of the top surprises were things that we have done, that the two of us have done at some point. More you, because I just pretty much dive. <laughs> I was surprised to see that the most popular answer was diving, snorkeling at Eden Rock. That, hey, a little tear in the eye there. That's probably because you talk about it all the time. That's true. Maybe maybe that is why. It was really a cool place to go. And uh, the Grand Cayman Turtle Center was, was up there really high. Of course, Stingray City also ranked really high. Uh, Seven Mile Beach was up there pretty high. But one that ranked above Seven Mile Beach was actually the Grand Cayman Submarine Tour, which... Sounds really cool to me. It's called, appropriately enough, it's called the Nautilus. I mean, what else could you call it, really? If you're going to have a submarine, it's got to be called the Nautilus. I don't think you can have a submarine called anything else. Well, I actually did some research on this because it was so high up and I was curious about it. There's also one called the Atlantis. Oh, I, okay, maybe. I mean, I would want to go on the Nautilus and I would want my captain to be Nemo. Otherwise, it's just it's just not the same. Oh, okay. And I want to be attacked by a giant squid at some point. I mean, you might have to pay extra for that. <laughs> Used to get that at Disney World a long time ago. Anyway, um, Chad Kennison actually added that to the list. So thank you, Chad. And he talked about it a little bit, uh, remarking that basically this is a great way to experience the sea life at depth. If you're not a scuba diver or a, a free diver, you can actually get underwater and see it from a deeper fish eye view. And he sort of pointed out it was cool for his family to see some of this stuff because I think Chad's a diver. So he's he's experienced being at the fish level. <laughs> well, I mean, some fish swim close to the surface. Anyway, he, he's experienced it and seen like the color changes and stuff. But it was the first time his family was able to really get that same perspective and I think um, we also had David from Australia also commented on how it was a really cool experience and would be really great for people who were not scuba divers, like gives them a, a, a chance to experience something they wouldn't normally get to experience. Of course, Chad pointed out that uh, he knows that when you're scuba diving, you can't swim really fast up to the surface or you get like a lung embolism or you get the bends, which are things you don't really want. And uh, in, the, in the submarine, you, you don't have to worry about that because it's pressurized. So you can go up really fast. And it's not an issue. It's not a problem. So that would be, that'd probably freak me out a little bit too. I'd be like, wait, wait, you got to go the, no faster than the speed of your bubbles. You'll learn that when you get certified to dive. That's like one of the rules. Never hold your breath. They're going to teach you that. Never hold your breath. And when you go to the surface, um, you don't go faster than your bubbles. 
That's, then, that's good to know. Yeah. So. And if you're really deep, if you're like deeper than 30, 40 feet for an extended time, you actually have to do a little bit of decompression too, where you have to sit at a level for a couple minutes and just let the nitrogen get out of your bloodstream so you don't get the bends. Oh, goodness. This seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it's actually not. It's actually really easy. And most of those rules are safety rules that are way over what they need to be. But that's why you follow them at that level. So then you have no risk. So chill and don't race my bubbles. Exactly. Don't race your bubbles. Or at least if you do race your bubbles, let the bubbles win. Okay. That's the rule. And speaking of diving, we actually had Mallory add Sunset Divers House Reef, which I had not heard of. Me either. But it's, it's, a, it's a scuba dive in a house. So it's really weird. That's not it at all. No. It's actually, it's, it's like a... It's a shore dive, or I think they have boat dives available, but it's a place where you can go and, and get like a resort thing uh, before and after the dive. I think that's I think that's kind of the way she explained it or that I saw it. I did a quick Google, and that's kind of what it looked like. It's like a resort that you can do a dive at a site thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so specific. Mallory and uh, whoever else voted for that one. Send us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, so we can hear about your experience at Sunset Divers House Reef. I'm very curious about that one. And then we also had somebody mention Rum Point. And uh, Rum Point is is a place I've heard of before. And this was actually uh, Brian, who is a regular contributor over at Fantastic Cruising Community. And he said that he he enjoyed that. There were hammocks under palms, blue iguanas, and not the tacos. And then a nice sandy beach, tarpon under the dock, and mudslides. I, I think he meant the drink mudslides, not actual mudslides. I'd probably take both. You want a mudslide? Like a slide of like mud sliding? I think that'd be fun. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that? I mean, when I think of mudslides, I think of like houses falling off of mountains because of mudslides. Uh, I'm thinking like... You're like, thinking like a slide in the mud, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay, I could maybe I could get behind that if I get in the water and wash it yeah, off. Yeah, I was going to say, just think of it ends like in... In like a little pool of water. You know what that reminds me of? You've probably never seen this movie, Romancing the Stone. I've not seen that. So Is it before my time? It's it's a little before your time. It's an it's an eighties movie, and um, but yeah, if you've seen it out there, you know what I'm talking about. Like they they're in the rainforest and they're they kind of go and find a slide made out of mud, actually not on purpose. But anyway, Romancing the Stone. It's a good movie. I really want to go make a mudslide right now. Like the drink kind, though. <laughs> that would be pretty good. And since you mentioned drinks, I think we should also mention the K Island Brewery, K-Brew, that was added by Christine. Now, Christine said that her and her husband visited the fir- the Turtle Center, and then they went to this brewery called K-Brew the last time they went. And uh, I don't know. I- I've went to different microbreweries on some of the islands. They are hit or miss. But I guess this one sounds like it was pretty good. So if you're into the microbrew thing, get some Cayman Cayman Island beer. I'd take anything from the Cayman Islands. <laughs> you have discovered a liking for certain types of beer. I have. I'm really impressed with myself. <laughs> now, they also mentioned that they wanted to go to the Queen Elizabeth II Botanical Garden, which I've heard a lot about. I've seen some videos of it. It looks like a really beautiful place to go. And you might be able to see some of those blue iguanas there from what I've seen. I'd like to see a blue iguana. I would like to see a blue iguana as well. But 
unfortunately, I just I can't get over the stuff in the water that I want to see the stuff in the water. I just we need to go there. We need to go there for like a week and just go to the Cayman Islands. How about you take a picture of a blue iguana under the water with you? And then you can be in the water and see a blue iguana. I don't think that's quite the same thing. I could just eat a burrito right before a dive. That's also not quite the same thing. <laughs> and the last thing that people added, other than just going to Grand Cayman, thank you, Tony, um, was that they wanted to go shopping. Shopping's fun. Actually, Mary Miller was the only one who wanted to go shopping. Well, she knows where it's at then. <laughs> You've been watching Mary who's from Indianapolis, going to all these places that you're, like, jealous of. I know. I miss. She's half-priced books, which is, like, a great place, and Long's Bakery, which has wonderful donuts. And I'm going to have to go back and hang out with Mary. Mary, you're making Kimbra want to go back to Indianapolis for at least a visit. And that's a great feat. We were there not that long ago, but we didn't have – we had, like, less than a day there. We yeah, had a really short amount of time We had, there. like, no time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, shopping is something I have done a little bit of in Grand Cayman. There's a lot of shops right around the port, as you often get at cruise ports. Have, did you shop at all when you were in Grand Cayman? I didn't do a lot of shopping, um, but we did look for the hot sauce that you always talk about. Ah, uh, yes. And actually, uh, somebody actually mentioned that in there. They, they talked about a not safe for work name of a rum which is the same as the name of the hot sauce which is a pirate and um look i'm just gonna say it it's big black dick and that is a pirate you'll find statues of him around grand cayman i didn't give him the name but anyway he makes rum well probably he doesn't make rum he's probably dead a long time he's a pirate you know right anyway the rum apparently is really good i know the hot sauce the rum flavored hot sauce is one of my favorite hot sauces that I've ever had, and you can only get it on Grand Cayman. Also, you can buy all these products at a place called Blackbeard's, which is where they sell that stuff, but also they make rum cakes, which are, in my opinion, the best rum cakes I've had. They're better than Tortugas. They're better than all the other ones I've had. I know that's subjective, but that's my opinion, and, and you know, it's really good. So when I go to Grand Cayman, I try and always hit that store to get my hot sauce fix, Maybe pick up a couple rum cakes. I don't know. Maybe we need to get some of this rum. I'm down for that because I've tried the rum cakes. My friend has gotten the hot sauce. The only thing missing is the rum. Right. Right. And it's in both the other things. So. Right. There you go. So there is other shopping like, you know, your standard jewelry stores and um, the What's the color changing place called that you like? Del Sol. Del Sol, yeah. Uh, you know, all, all your standard souvenir stuff. There's, I think there's a Margaritaville and all that kind of thing. So if you're the kind of person that just wants to go to a port and hang out and drink and shop, that is definitely something you can do in Grand Cayman. So that pretty much wraps it up for everything that people put on Facebook. But there's a lot more to do on Grand Cayman. Absolutely. So we wanted to just kind of cover a few other things. And really what we did is we went to the Royal Caribbean site and we looked at excursions that were offered on our cruise just to give us an idea of some of these things that are that are available. Now, of course, it's got all sorts of different combinations of going to the Turtle Center and Stingrays. And, and there's a lot of kind of Discover, Grand Cayman. But 
there are some dolphin swim experiences you can do. And the thing that really surprised me is the price on these. Yeah, everything that we saw for dolphins is under $100, which I've never seen before for dolphin excursions. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like here's one is Dolphin Swim in Stingray City, $92.99. Now, keep in mind that all these are being advertised right now for 25% off onboard prices. That's probably pretty normal for them to show prices that are going to be cheaper than when you book them on the cruise. They want people to book these ahead of time. But yeah, there there were several dolphin encounters and uh, some of them were in like the $60 range. Yeah, that was like, makes me almost want to do one, except I don't want to do one. Well, and, and sometimes these inexpensive ones, you just stand there and the dolphins come to you. But some of these were actually where the dolphins will like take you around and, you know, show you the sights and give you the tour. and. Yeah, a lot of them. Oh, Matt. <laughs> no, there, there no, were but- some... They were interactive ones, like yeah. like pet it, play with it, ride around with it sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Get tattoos together. All kinds of cool stuff. Oh, goodness. But anyway, there were some other ones. Like there are a lot of Seven Mile Beach type of opportunities and going to different beach clubs and beach breaks and, you know, the normal kind of stuff you get on these type of places. One thing that I should mention is um, sea, sea Star, Starfish Beach which is, I call it Sea Star Beach just because I've been programmed not to call them starfish. But anyway, they're not fish. I mean, but they're not. They're also not stars. They are in the shape of a star. They're in the shape of a fish. No, they're not. I mean, to to me, they're all stars. That's right. Stars are not only found in the sky. (laughs) They're also found in the sea. See, there's a star. Anyway, Sea Star Beach, Starfish Beach, whatever you want to call it. It is a grass flat. So that means that it's natural beach and seagrass. So it's going to be a little different than coral because coral is in rocky areas. It's also going to be a shallower area. And there are all these huge bohemian sea stars, even though it's not the Bahamas. But that's, I think, all the pictures I see, there are big bohemian sea stars, the big orange, red, huge sea stars. So could still be a cool experience and and a fun thing to do, especially if you really want to get your face wet and you have little ones, it might be a real easy experience for them as well. What else do we have here? They've got, of course, um, catamarans, sailing snorkels, lots of different stingray experiences, snorkeling experiences. You can snooba, you can scuba, you can snor. I mean, the the whole kit and caboodle. All of it. All of it. And you can even do some wreck dives. There's some famous wrecks there. The Kitty Wake was sunk, I think, in 2007. Doesn't have a lot of marine life on it yet, and it actually got moved into deeper water by a hurricane a few years back. But uh, but it could be a fun dive if you're if you want to see a wreck that's still kind of intact. There's some other wrecks that are that are in various conditions, and some have a lot of sea life. So those are opportunities for snorkeling and for diving. And of course, there's even things like Segway tours and Jeep tours, glass bottom boat. Yeah, and even a helicopter tour that I saw. That would be interesting. Would you fly in a helicopter? I would. I flo I flowed. I flo I flowed in a helicopter one time. It was really great. I don't know why I'm doing that accent. I think I was going Jerry Lewis. Oh right, I flowed in a helicopter. Anyway, I don't even know if that sounded like Jerry Lewis. But uh, what I do know is I begged my mom to go on a helicopter ride. This is what I'd been told. I was too young to remember it. And she wouldn't go and um 
or maybe I didn't want to go. I don't know. What was the story, Mom? Anyway, I went on this helicopter with my grandparents in Branson, Missouri, and then like a week later, the the same helicopter like crashed and people like died. It was, yeah. It was, so no more helicopters for you. No more helicopters for me. I mean, physics says they probably shouldn't even fly. I mean, there's there's it's does it's like the bumblebee. It's just. It sort of makes sense, but not quite. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about helicopters, but I don't, I don't think I want to go up in one. Okay, fine. I would if it was a way to see some creature, then that was the only opportunity, but I wouldn't just to do it. That's what I'm saying. What if you were dying and you needed to get from one place to another really fast and helicopter was the only way? I would do that. You probably wouldn't have a say. I wouldn't have a say. That's true. But I would do that because <laughs> because my odds are better than by going on the helicopter ride. Yeah. So. Anyway, what are you looking the most forward to doing in Grand Cayman? Um, I think probably snorkeling at Eden Rock because you've built it up so much. <laughs> Great. So it better not disappoint. Uh-oh. I mean, it, it's a cool place. I, I will say... That there's a there are some shallow areas where you can definitely see stuff like things. There's there's a lot of it that's like three to six feet deep that you could snorkel on. But then when you get into the really stony corals, most of those are in deeper water. But those coral heads go really high up, and they're they're not at the surface, but they're probably like ten to twelve feet under the water, maybe even shallower. But probably depends on the tide, that sort of thing. But uh, you can see a lot of cool stuff there. As long as you don't see better stuff than me because you can dive under. I'll have it on video. Because that's the same thing. I mean, this is why we learned to scuba dive. I know. It's fine. <laughs> I'll see the cooler stuff and then at least pretend I will. So while you're seeing something else, I'll be like, guess what I saw? I saw an octopus. Oh, no, no, no. Don't do that. That's not nice. <laughs> well, the, the the other thing about Eden Rock that you won't be able to experience unless you scuba dive there or you can hold your breath a long time are some of the caves because you can actually dive down into these caves and go through the caves, which is really cool. But you'll be able to see me swimming in and out of them. Great. <laughs> it's it's really cool. It's a, it's a neat place. Well, since we're talking about the Cayman Islands, I think it's time to get into the cruise creature. I think that is a good idea. And of course... We're talking about the Cayman Islands. I mean, the most appropriate cruise creature for the Cayman Islands has got to be the blue iguana. The Grand Cayman blue iguana. Yeah, the Cayman Island iguana. It's got a lot of names. Its scientific name is Cyclura lewisii, but it's got a lot of different names that it goes by. But basically, that description of blue and iguana, that's pretty accurate. Because in it an iguana that is blue it is literally that yeah yeah and the males are the ones that get the bluest and they get the bluest when they're in the mood so to speak so they're feeling a little blue i don't know i mean you'd think blue wouldn't be what they would feel they'd be like hey baby blue moon. Um, there you go there, that's probably what you they're doing. saw me standing alone <laughs> So, yeah, I guess that works with with the lady iguanas. They're like, oh, hey, blue boy, come and blow my horn. Oh, snap. Little boy blue. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, these iguanas are really, really cool. And it is, 
I would assume the inspiration for the blue iguana cantina on the carnival ships. I'm sure that's the case. I hope so. Because these iguanas need a lot of attention. They're only found on Grand Cayman. Yeah. They have some close relatives living in Cuba and other islands, but the actual blue iguana or Cayman Island iguana is on Grand Cayman, and that's it. And because of that, this species has become, at one point in time, one of the most critically endangered species on the planet. Yeah, there were like, what was it, in 2002, there were like two dozen maximum yeah maybe yeah maybe no that was in the wild one of the things that sort of helped the species is that there were animals that were not in the wild that were in zoos and even in private collections and so one of the greatest ongoing hopefully ending success stories of animals that are endangered is the blue iguana because what happened was there was a massive effort put forth to breed these iguanas and reintroduce them into the wild. And that's what's happened. Yeah. So far, it seems like they're doing pretty good. Yeah. since Not great. Well, they're still but... in trouble. They're not out of the woods yet. But since 2004, there has been 700 captive bred Grand Cayman Blue Island. Blue, Blue Island. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> these... Cyclura lewisize have been released into the wild. And they and they now have actually a program at that botanical garden that we mentioned where they are breeding them there, sort of farming them, but they're not using them for food. They're just literally releasing them into the wild. Now, the actual wild population is probably not at 700. The most recent numbers that we could find puts them in the 450 adult animal range. So there's probably more than 400, but... Um, yeah, they, they do still face a lot of threats. One of the threats they face are things that have been introduced into the Cayman Islands. Like cats? Like cats. Dogs. Dogs. And green iguanas are an issue. And one of the problems is that the locals don't understand the difference between the green and the blue iguanas. Green iguanas were introduced from like Honduras and they their population has exploded. What What happened was... Because they were worried about people killing the blue iguanas, they were just like, if you see an iguana, it's illegal to kill it. But the green iguanas, like, they're really, they really flourish. They're really easy, easily adapt to different islands throughout the Caribbean. And so you find them in a lot of places where they're not native to. And this is one of those examples. And in this case, they're kind of out competing, I think, the, the native blue iguanas. So that's a problem. Such a problem that they actually put a bounty on the green iguanas <laughs> And they've been killing off green iguanas, which you might think I'd be opposed to. And, and on some level, I am. But on another level, like the level that says we have to look at the whole, uh, they're doing this for a good reason. And that is to help make sure that the blue iguana doesn't become extinct. Now, blue iguanas are beautiful and they get about probably five feet long with their tail and everything. They might weigh up to between 20 and 30 pounds. They're pretty big animals. They are mostly herbivores. So mostly eaten plants, nuts, but they will go after small invertebrates if they find them, little insects and stuff on occasion. But they're, but they're bulkier than the green iguana. So if you're on Grand Cayman and you're wondering which one you're seeing, they definitely look stockier. They just have a different look to them. And I'd encourage you to look them up and see what they look like. In fact, one of the zoos that has had some success breeding them in the United States is what zoo? The Indy Zoo. Yeah, and we were just there. 
I also worked there for four years. And did they have blue iguanas when you were working there? I don't know if they did, but they I did. didn't. Did they, they? They did, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely they did. And they have them there still because we saw them and you took a picture of them. I took a few pictures and I'll probably post them up on Facebook for everyone. So you'll be able to see that iguana and see that they really do get a bluish tint to them because it was a male that we saw. And also, if if you look at pictures online, some of those have probably been enhanced a little bit, but uh, but they really do get this beautiful sort of turquoise color. Yeah, they're really pretty. But the Cayman Island iguana is neat, and it's it's another thing to consider when you go to these different islands that we need to do our best to protect and preserve the the native species that live there of plants and animals because. In many of these cases, a small island like that is going to have individual species that have adapted to that island that are evolved and different than other animals anywhere else on the planet. And because of that, they are obviously going to be highly vulnerable to changes. So they need more protection and they need more help. Now, just to cover all the bases, let me go over some basic stuff. Iguanas in general are lizards. And lizards are reptiles. So to make that clear, the animals that are alive today that have a body covered in scales and um, bones in their body, those are typically how you can tell a modern-day reptile. Of course, snakes, turtles, crocodiles, and alligators. Lizards are the most common ones prevalent today. And iguanas, a lot of times, sometimes people will say stuff like, I'll hear them say, is that a lizard? And somebody will say, no, that's an iguana. But it's a lizard first. Yeah. So iguanas are a type of lizard. And technically speaking, even the little anoles that are here in Florida are in the iguana family. They're in iguana day. So if you go to Australia and you see like a bearded dragon, that's an agama, agama day. So we have monitor lizards and geckos and iguanas and skinks and agamas. These are some of the big groups of lizards. But iguana covers a lot of things, and then you have your animals that get the common name iguana, and then you have your rock iguanas, which are all the animals in the genus Cyclura, and then you have your Cayman Island iguana. So that's what they are, and they live a long time. There was a, an example of a, a Cayman iguana that was brought into captivity in like the 50s, and it lived to an estimated age of about 69 years of age. That is a really old lizard. Right? It would have been collecting Social Security and everything. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe they need. They they get the blue scales instead of the blue hair. You know, like the, you know, old ladies get the blue hair. They get blue hair? You've never heard that? No. Old ladies have the blue hair. I've never it's heard of thing. that. It's a thing. I mean, when my grandma used I, the, I had blue hair, to my, be fair. When my grandma used the, um, the dandruff shampoo stuff, the purple stuff, she had purple hair. It stained her hair... Yeah, well, she's got, like, white hair. Yeah. So when she used the purple shampoo, it kind of turned it purple. Cool. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, if I still had hair and it turned white, I would just dye it purple or blue or green or something like that. You should. Oh, I don't, I won't have any hair. By the I mean, you can bleach it. You, Maybe, have, you have hair on your face. I could do that. That hair doesn't dye very well, though, I don't think. It doesn't stay as well. We can I could be Bluebeard. Out. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the Cayman Island iguana, if you do see one, take a picture, but take some 
caution too. Stay a safe distance. One, because they still are an endangered species and you shouldn't be bothering them. And two, because if they get mad at you and they can't run away, they will hit you with a very strong, powerful tail that packs a what? A wallop. That's right. It packs a wallop and that is, it'll leave a mark. That's all I'm saying. I've been hit by green iguanas with the tail and it, it hurts. It's like a bullwhip. Like they're like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So I'll just use an iguana as a weapon. But not a blue iguana because they're endangered. That's right. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get off of the Cayman Islands. Well, I mean, I'd like to get back on the Cayman Islands, but let's switch topics here to a big controversy that broke out this week. Coke? Or Pepsi. That's the controversy. Yeah. And now, okay, first of all, are you a Coke person or a Pepsi person? I'm a Coke person. I also am a Coke person. Carnival was a Coke company, but now... They are a Pepsi company. And we've seen a lot of message boards and hubbub over this this week. And there are, I don't know, I've seen people on both sides of the fence that are like, no, we love our Coke. And then others who are like, yay, Pepsi. A lot of people are really excited about Mountain Dew being on the carnival. Oh, shows. yeah, Mountain Dew. I would say Pepsi for Mountain Dew. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't drink a lot of soda on the ship. I bring my own. I don't get the soda package. I don't usually buy sodas. So my reaction to it was, eh, whatever. I bring my own. As long as they let me bring my 12 cans, then I don't care because I bring my Coke Zero on there and I'm I'm a happy boy. But that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, my biggest thing is, like, if I'm going to get a drink that's not a fancy drink, which on a ship I'm usually getting a fancy drink, but... If I'm not going to get a fancy drink, I'm usually like, I want tequila and Sprite. But if it's Pepsi, it's tequila and Sierra Mist, and that doesn't cut it for me. It's just not the same? It's not. Sprite's its whole, it's its own magical thing. So you're saying that you probably don't really care because it's not something you normally do, but if you decided you wanted to do that, that would be less favorable. Yes, basically. So, yeah, I, now this got me thinking, what do other cruise lines serve on their ships? Do they Are they Pepsi ships? Are they Coke ships? Are they Royal Crown ships? Are they Vest Cola ships? That would just be like if they were out of St. Louis. But anyway, we did a little research to find out. We did. Matt, give me a cruise line and I can tell you what they serve. How about Royal Caribbean? Royal Caribbean is a Coca-Cola serving ship line. And then I would guess that Celebrity is also a Coca-Cola ship line? I would say that's true. What about Norwegian? Norwegian is Pepsi. Aha! Uh-huh. Norwegian's Pepsi. What about Disney? Disney likes the Coca-Cola. Disney goes for Coca-Cola. Is that what they have in the theme parks? I don't... I've never... I Probably. Don't know. I don't know. What about... Okay, well, Princess is part of carnival so i'm gonna assume they're switching over too they are indeed just like celebrities part of royal caribbean and uh what about msc so msc does whatever they want (laughs) so it seems like some ships are coke and some ships are pepsi yeah it's weird we tried to figure this out and there was a lot of people that were like this ship is coke and then somebody else was like this ship was pepsi and here's a photograph and then somebody said that it depends on what region MSC is sailing out of. Yeah. 
That's kind of interesting. It is. So, like, if these people like Pepsi, they get Pepsi or whatever. It's, it's funny because, I mean, most, like, say, fast food restaurants and stuff, they either buy into one or the other. Unless it's, like, a gas station with lots of soda machines. Even then, sometimes it's all Coke or all Pepsi. You know, like, you've got things that are owned by PepsiCo, like Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. But then McDonald's is Coke. So they, they're usually a restaurant is either a Coke or, or Pepsi. And I guess cruise ships are the same way. You think they'd be big enough they could cater to both, but they probably have contractual things. Mm, they sponsors. get better rates. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. What are your thoughts out there? Are you a Coke person? Are you a Pepsi person? Do you even care what the cruise ships have on them? Let us know your opinions. Fantastic cruising at gmail.com. Now, before we go, I do have a little bit of a cruise tip, and that has to do with kind of we were looking at all these excursions and stuff, and now they were cheaper if you got them before you got onto the ship. So if, if there's anything that you want to get that you know you're going to get, different types of packages, maybe eating at restaurants, it's often an advantage to do that ahead of time. So one of the things that we decided to get, and I don't even know if you can get this on the ship, we decided to get it ahead of time, is the key. Yeah, so I can tell you you cannot get it on the ship. You have to get it ahead of time. So that means sometimes you have to do that as a tip. There you go. Yeah, and one of the reasons that we decided to get it is because we were getting emails like every day from Royal saying that they had (laughs) things like up to 30% off and the key was one of them. Right, that was the key. We put a little question on Facebook, asked the Fantastic Cruising community what their opinion of the key was. And we got variable responses, but I think the thing that we really gained from that the most is it just depends. It depends on who you are as and what you want from your cruise, but also it depends on the ship and the price. So our price was pretty good. Yeah, we got it for sixteen ninety five per person per day. So it turns out to about eight eighty five per person for the whole cruise right and we were looking at getting the internet package the voom internet and that's what 13 dollars per it, day it was about 13.95 i think so about 14 per day for one device right now to be fair we probably would have only gotten that for one device we probably wouldn't right. have gotten it for two devices but we wanted to do the research we wanted to experience the key so that we could report back to you guys and let you know what we found out about it from using it ourselves yeah so we decided to go for it, so yeah. we got the key. And, and what do we know about it so far? I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, you go into your stateroom, you put the key into the closet, you open it up, and you're in Narnia. Basically, that's not what it is at all. Yeah. So the key gives you some special things. So Like, like the ability to unlock doors. A key does that. The key does not. Yeah. So the key lets you get onto the ship a little bit earlier. Okay, I like that. Um, the rooms aren't ready until about 1, but you can go to the main dining room and drop all of your stuff off so you're not carrying it around okay. until your room's available. Okay. Um, you get lunch. You don't get lunch if you don't have the key? Well, you do, but you get like special lunch at... Oh, special lunch. Chops, is that what it's called? Chops Steakhouse? Yeah, nice. so you get special lunch. You get special steak lunch or if it's just a special lunch. I don't know. Hmm. I didn't see any of that. I guess I we'll saw, find out. Yeah. Um, there's uh, tenders, early tendering. 
Okay. Which is good for us for Grand yeah. Cayman. So we're going, yeah, because with the Grand Cayman port, that would be an advantage. Yep. And don't they give you like special seats to a show or something? Yeah. So shows and stuff that you want to go to, you get special up close reserve seating. You do have to sign up for that ahead of time. Okay. Um, so you have to go to the place or the thing or something and say, hey, I want this. And then that's, you get that. That's probably a bigger deal on some of the larger ships where some of those shows can literally sell out and that kind of thing happens. Yeah. And they're like big Broadway productions and stuff. And I think there's like a some sort of breakfast deal too, right? You like an a la carte breakfast menu or something on the last day? I don't know about that one. I don't remember seeing that. Mm. I do think that there is... A drink? Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think I know there was something with breakfast. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I Maybe know that's our friend thinking. Michael Cruzlever also told me his opinion of it. And one of the things he talked about was the that there was a breakfast thing. Maybe that's what I'm thinking so, of. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds to me like overall the key is just a way to get faster to the fun. Basically, it's Royal Caribbean's <laughs> faster for the fun. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I you know they're a little late to the game, but if but now they'll be faster. To the fun. And so will and we. And that is the key. There you go. That is the key. <laughs> so we're going to check it out and then we'll let you know what it's all about. Yeah. I think it's time to head for the horizon. But before that, don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Maybe some stars. 6.3. I think five's the maximum. Seven. Or five. Okay, five. Or whatever you think is appropriate. Five. <laughs> Reno says five. It was dog for five. (laughs) Bark once for five. Speak. Good boy. All right, everybody. Go seize the day. And have a fantastic week. Kimber, what is your opinion on all this Christmas music? It's like November 16th today. I think it's a little crazy. It's a little, yeah, it's a little crazy. We were at Five Guys today and they were playing Christmas music. It's not even Thanksgiving. Yeah, like I understand starting it maybe right before Thanksgiving because people are getting ready for shopping for Christmas or, you know, right after Thanksgiving, you know, once December hits. But, like, as soon as Halloween was over, it was time for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, get, give it a minute. Just, can we have a minute? There, good thing there's not Thanksgiving music. It wouldn't stand a chance. No. I mean, maybe we should make some Thanksgiving music. <laughs> It'd just be turkey singing. Turkey day, turkey day. I don't think turkeys would celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. I feel like they're probably, not. probably really opposed to that holiday. <laughs> That's my attempt at a turkey. You know, speaking of turkeys and Thanksgiving, we're going to go to Universal Studios on Thanksgiving. We sure are. And then we might meet some people that'll be uh, co-hosts in the podcast after that. We'll we'll leave that as a surprise. But how about you guys? If anybody's out there, do you, are you guys cruising on Thanksgiving? Are there any Thanksgiving cruisers? If so, shoot us an email and let us know. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. And we can talk about it in next week's episode. Yeah. What ship are you going on? Where are you going? Tell us all about it. Yeah. You know where I want to go? Tell me. I want to go get some ice cream. Let's go get some ice cream. Because I'm going to... Look, we, we've been we've been fighting with putting air... The dog is 
ridiculous. We've been fighting with getting air in our tires because it's like every time the temperature gets cold, then our tires deflate, apparently. So I know it's physics, whatever. But uh, it's really hard to get air because everybody goes to the Wawa's down here, which is free air, which means that you can't get to the Wawa's. Two of the Wawa's were like had broken air machines. Yeah, the ones that are closest to us, of course. Yeah, and then the other ones have like lines like there's a gas shortage. And and then you go to the other gas stations where you have to pay like a dollar fifty to a dollar seventy five for air. Yeah, but it's all quarters. It's all quarters. Yeah, they some of them have credit card things. They don't work. I mean, we eventually found one that worked, but it we must have stopped at like five different places. Yeah, after we got air, I forgot that we got air because like we were on a mission to find air, and I kept like saying, "Oh, look, there's a gas station." So it's literally ten thirty at night, and my goal is to go out to get air in my tires because we got air in your tires, and then get an ice cream. Sounds good. Because that, that racetrack has both. That's right. Yeah. I'm excited. All right, let's go do that. Let's do it.